You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Flipping Tables is coming up on its two-year anniversary. That's 104 consecutive episodes without a single week missed. To celebrate, Mike and I are going to do a live event on January 30th we're calling Super Flipping Tables Let's Play Ultra Arcade Edition 104 Plus, where we'll be playing old games and answering listener questions. To find out how you can join, go to sunriserobot.net slash blog slash two flipping years. Welcome to episode 103 of Flipping Tables. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I am David Lyons. And we got some VR follow-up. So you want to take us into this? Yeah. So uh, one of our listeners and and sometimes contributors on Likely Story, Carolyn, uh, shared a YouTube clip from, I think, the most recent season of Community. And basically, they are trying to find this file that they need for, you know, some ridiculous story reason. And they have to go get it out of this VR world. And it is exactly, I mean, it's supposed to be right. It's parody, but it is exactly the kind of nonsense that was huge in like the Lawnmower Man era. When was Lawnmower Man? Late 80s, early 90s. I think it was it. Let's say Lawnmower. I'm pretty sure it was in the 80s, but. I thought it was the 90s, but you might be right. 92, yeah! Oh, okay. I can remember things. That and, like, <laughs> I think it's, I mentioned it last week, the Michael Crichton's disclosure has a whole subplot about this VR system. Oh, does it? Because, like, he, he gets sued for sexual harassment, one. whatever, it's wrongful, but he can't. <laughs> His weird way of proving it is there's some old copy of all the company's files in VR, and he uh. sneaks into the system to get it. <laughs> Yeah, well, th- this is exactly what that sounds like, and and what did happen in Lawnmower Man is uh, he goes into the palace, and on the front of the palace it says settings, and then he climbs <laughs> up this this giant wall of filing cabinet that's like <laughs> ten thousand drawers high, and the the narration is really what makes it. So, of course, you can find the link in the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash one zero three. But uh, his his narration describing what he's doing he's like it would never be this easy to climb so many filing cabinets and it's like (laughs) why is that a thing you're concerned with having to do my world is officially (laughs) boundless yes he he calls uh scaling the filing cabinets also the future of scrolling (laughs) it's just um what really made it for me is he when he gets the file so the guy who's in the vr the the dean he wants to delete it and the other people were hoping he would bring it back. And so he like throws it up into the air and it's like file copied. And he's like, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so he like shoots it with like an, a, a magical bow that appears from out of nowhere. And then it, that like saves it. Selects it. I think. Yeah. And then he, he ends up holding the file underwater to dr- drown it in this fountain that is just nonsensically in the middle of this settings palace (laughs) he's like drunk with power by that point too it's just there's little bubbles coming out of it like he's he's actually smothering and drowning this poor oh my god it's it's completely ridiculous but i really think you know you know we've had this issue before like we we get so deep into the weeds with vr like if you picked a random person off the street and asked them to describe vr 
this might be what they describe, <laughs> right? Lawnmower man and, and the net and like terrible, <laughs> like nineties versions of VR, because where has there been another pop culture interpretation? We haven't seen like, what, what is the <laughs> office world give a shit about VR? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do not think that they do unless you're going to do giant walls of filing cabinets. Yeah. I mean, I know like with HoloLens, people have said, uh, oh, you know, you can do like 3D modeling and, and you can, you know, walk around the model and pick it up and sculpt it. And, you know, just like everything we said last time about VR, like, yes, very cool. Also very niche. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to have broad appeal. Um, I don't know. Maybe VR could be successful without ever having broad appeal, right? Something doesn't have yeah. to have mass market appeal. But when, even if it just took off in gaming, that'd still be a big deal. But um, to kind of neuter that whole line of thought <laughs> right from the outset, we also have some follow-up with Extra Credits had a video um, why they're skeptical about VR happening for real this time. And uh, I agree with all their skepticism. And to sum it up, they basically <laughs> said it's launching as a peripheral. So peripherals are already have a huge uphill battle. Like, what's the most successful peripheral of all time? Maybe the Rumble Pack, something that's completely optional? Yeah, I don't know, because now that's just integrated into the controllers, so... Yeah. Um, this is tough. Maybe so, webcams? So the, right from the outset, there's just an economic argument against developers really throwing any weight behind it, because where's the install base? Well, a peripheral is already going to have such a fragmented install base from the outset, that you're not going to make a AAA game just for VR. Maybe you'll throw in some gimmicky extra VR mode, but that's going to be as limited as you would expect. And so that's not going to work. Um, VR's still expensive, so that's going to be a limiting factor. Um, just all these things, just like, even if you think it's cool, where, where are the developers going to throw their weight into it? Do you think it's possible? And I don't remember them mentioning this in this extra credits video, which is the whole series is highly recommended. If if you never heard of extra credits, definitely check this video out as a, a gateway drug to their other stuff. Um, but can you imagine maybe success coming from uh, like a, a, a comparable price for software? So you are a game company and you're like, we want to make a VR game. We know that the install base for VR is only 10,000 units instead of like a PlayStation or an Xbox, which is hundreds of thousands of units or millions of units, maybe even yeah, worldwide. Um, so we're going to charge like $400 for the game or, you know, $150 for the game or something. And, and instead of making it up in volume where they make a tiny, tiny amount of money on millions and millions of units, they're making a reasonable amount of money on far fewer units. Like, is that, I, I don't know at what cross point the economics for that works out. They can't yeah. charge $10,000 for each game. You know? I, I don't think it works at all. I mean, I don't think people want to spend more than 60, maybe 70 to 80 for the suckers that buy like the, the special <laughs> editions. Um, and I just looked it up and PS4 and Xbox are over 50 million install base. And so you're a developer, you're going to hit those like, okay, there's a yeah. huge audience <laughs> that has a system, has a controller, and most of them probably have a way to play online or enough of them that we could think online mode. But, you know, what? at what point is the install base going to be big enough that anyone cares? Or at what point are the tools for making VR games 
so such a low barrier to entry that you can have you know braid and fez yeah. and and minecraft that's made by one person one developer and they're like well if i only sell 100 copies it's okay because i'm the only i am the business well are we gonna see a lot of like like early 3d movies where they just took a 2d movie and they just chopped it up and said oh, it's 3d now and you're like um <laughs> like whatever you think of avatar at least like it took the 3d part seriously super seriously not very many other films have <laughs> i've heard star wars is actually supposed to be decent in 3d but i don't care <laughs> but um well so the i think the big difference here is a film has to be shot in 3d right Whereas in well, they tried to just like cookie cutter it, fake it. Yeah, but that always sucks. Yeah, but but with a game, as long as you had access to the raw code, couldn't you say, "Oh, now there are two cameras," right? You can like rewrite history. Whereas with a movie, you can't reshoot it with a second camera. Well, yeah, if you want to change the viewport, but I mean. We kind of watched this play out on the 3DS where you're like, haha, it's that game you remember with slightly 3D graphics. And they're just like, JK, I want battery life, turning it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, but at the same time, there were games on the 3DS that I liked the 3D effect. Like when I play the 3DS, I usually have the 3D effect on, but then I only notice it when there's some stupid gimmick. <laughs> that it's like oh you can't make this jump if the 3d isn't on because it would make no sense like you can't see yeah it's an mc extra room and when you turn <laughs> yeah. 3d on you can see <laughs> yeah exactly so you know in in those cases i'm using the 3d because i just like the sense of depth and then when they act like oh something's coming right toward the camera oh my god is it gonna pop out of your tv and hit you in the face like that's when i'm actually annoyed by 3d just like the real world, I don't want people running up to me and stopping <laughs> six inches in front of my face and being like, oh, you thought I was going to hit you. And it's like, <laughs> yes, I understand how dimensions yeah. work. Well, I would hope that the value of 3D is not that we can flip a switch on 100% identical gameplay just happens to make it stereographic imaging now. Um, you would hope that there's some kind of gameplay that's especially amazing that you would need to develop for VR. And that's the thing that, you know, to really prove it out, because I think the novelty will wear off quickly on, like, quickly porting existing games and turning on 3D mode. I think people oh, yeah. are going to crave, like, why do I want this? Like, why do I want to dedicate a room in my house? <laughs> Throw <laughs> away all this? my furniture. <laughs> so what about, I don't know if you and I have talked about this yet, what about the idea of immersive sound? And I'm I'm talking special headphones on where when I turn my head, it's suddenly like I can tell where the thing is, you know, real life style yeah. 3D sound. Like I would almost be more interested in that than the depth of field because I can imagine some like survival horror games or puzzle solving games or, you know, uh, even like 3D style point and click adventures where it's like you're trying to solve a puzzle and you can't do it without the 3D sound because that's some of the information you need to solve the puzzle. Like where is the dripping water coming from? Where is, you know, the, the dog barking? Which direction is that happening? Yeah. Well, you're making me think of The Witness, which comes out really soon because uh, I, I was reading uh, Jonathan Blow's website about it and he had a blog post. This was the guy that made Braid. It's his next game, which comes out really soon. Um, and it's just a mysterious island, tons of puzzles. And one of the things he blogged about was that there's almost no music in his game because sound is so important 
to the puzzles that what you hear really matters in addition to what you see and what you can interact with. And so he didn't want to put music and like take away a whole dimension of what he's allowed to play with in the gameplay because if you just have a bed of music, well, now you, you've got this big buffer in between the, the player and what they need to hear. And that's actually really useful to know going into a game that that's how it's designed because like I have two small children. So when I game, it's usually with the sound down pretty freaking low. So if like hopefully at the beginning of the game, there's some kind of like, hey, um, don't play this on mute. Kind <laughs> yeah. of warning. Like Otherwise, it's going to make no damn sense. But imagine if Jonathan Blow could rely on, all right, there's a giant guaranteed install base of VR. I'm going to invest the time to like create puzzles from the ground up that exploit immersive audio and not just stereo or something. Um, that could be cool. Yeah, it's also possible that this stuff will... The hype cycle has gotten so efficient that we are now pre-hyping right? Like, <laughs> I don't think the idea of immersive visuals and immersive immersive sound is a fad. I just don't know how long the runway is going to be to take off. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it might be 10 years instead of two years, which everybody is like, this is the year of VR. And then next year, <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, this year is reserved for the Linux desktop, but the year after that is for <laughs> VR. <laughs> They'll, you know, they're they're pushing it too hard too early. It's like, walking into a bar and somebody thinks you're attractive and they're just like, Hey, you want to get married? And you're like, ah, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> slow down cowboy. Yeah. And I mean, who would have thought in the nineties, if you could have said in 2015 still didn't happen and 2016 people think it's finally going to happen. You're like, <laughs> man, how long is this thing going to take? Yeah. Yeah. Cause hype doesn't work at that kind of range. Hype only works at like the 18 month range. <laughs> Even then, like uh, the latest star Wars just got pushed back. Yeah, and people are just like, Arr! and it's like, what? The, nothing has changed. Like, <laughs> you just have to. It's still the same. I'm movie. happy. Take your time, man. Make yeah, a good movie. Make it not suck. Um, but I, I think that is an interesting angle. It's like, what would he have done with this game about sound if he knew people weren't going to be playing on a crappy TV speaker? It's like, oh, every single person playing will have at least 5.1 surround sound, if not like special immersive cans that take well, them into like the universe. if Oculus became popular as its own platform, I imagine developers will do that stuff because they'll be like, if you're playing an Oculus game, you're playing with that. I mean, I don't think they have, do they have 5.1 in there? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's probably part of the SDK. I know Google just added that to cardboard and everybody was like freaking out. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, that's a whole side of the visuals we haven't really considered, right? Because everybody's – or not the visuals, the experience. Because everybody's been focusing so hard on the visuals. And then Google was just like, oh, by the way, you can do 3D sound now. And they were like, oh. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's it's all I done in software. didn't even know I wanted that. <laughs> yeah, you, you need – headphones to do 3d sound but i do not think you need special headphones am i do you happen to know sound engineer i guy? don't know I, I think it has to do with um the delay so some somebody who's listening who knows about this uh please feel free to correct me but i think it has to do with the delay between your left and right ear just like that's how you tell depth with your eyes yeah. it's like the difference between your left and right eye so regular headphones can generate 3d sound and then you know, maybe we can grow from there with like higher quality headphones. You know, maybe you get your uh, 
your Pono player. Something from Beats. Yeah, something from Beats. <laughs> um, maybe with an Apple Lightning connector on the end. <laughs> I, I just want to end my braggy dash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this game, I'm, I'm, I threw the trailer for it into the show notes, and I just watched a quick minute of it. I'm like, yeah, this uh, these puzzles would be impossible if underneath there was just like ominous island music. <laughs> you just you couldn't, or at least they wouldn't be fun. Oh well. <laughs> would you would you say today if you could have any of the the platforms? Would you like for free? Like somebody's just going to give you one. <laughs> w- would you take? Uh, any of them? Like, do any of them even seem a, a little VR bit... A VR headset? Yeah, there's, like, what, the Vive, the Oculus Rift, the, the Samsung one. I Sony mean, had one, but it's delayed now. The Morpheus or whatever. Um, I haven't been paying enough attention to know which one's, like, the best or better, but I'd either, like, just off the shooting from the hip, I would probably go with an Oculus or the, the one that steams, the Vive, like, the one that Valve is kind of getting involved with. Um you wouldn't want to be tied to your console? It could be. I mean, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the future of VR gaming arrives in 2016. This is off the PlayStation VR I imagine website. like one of the things I've seen a lot of uh, nerds argue about is, and they're probably right, is uh, resolution and frame rate matter a ton when you're, when you're deciding to go for immersion. Like, okay, you're doing VR, then you care about being immersed, then don't give me some... 480p 15 <laughs> frames per second experience and so that's what has me lean towards like if i really got interested in wanting to make it happen i would probably build a gaming pc so that i could push the kind of resolution i need yeah no that's a good point especially uh you know we always make fun of smartphone manufacturers because they're like we have 700 pixels per square inch we have a thousand pixels per square inch <laughs> and it's like it doesn't matter but yeah the vr screen is literally four inches from your face like you're going to notice every mote of dust between <laughs> your eye and that light projector. So it's really got to be something and else. It, it seems like 4K is like around the, the, the dividing line of like, all right, we're, getting, we're in good territory. And um, <laughs> PS4 games are 1080p at best. And so I don't see how doubling, because it's stereographic imaging, so you, <laughs> you got to push twice that. Um, how are they going to have... And then your graphics are going to suffer. So I don't see how the PS4 is going to be a premium experience. It still might be cool, but it's not going to be high end. It's not going to be PC Master Race. (laughs) Oh, man. Is that enough about VR for now? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to tell you about this social media thing I'm doing. And I want to get your, your input. Uh, You're usually a little bit more level headed than me. So I like to bounce (laughs) these things off you. So I got this like overwhelming wave a couple of weeks ago, maybe about three weeks ago now that um, I'm not totally sure I social media good. I just, <laughs> I'm not like I'm, I'm, I use Twitter. I would say Twitter is my favorite platform. Google plus has kind of fallen to the wayside for me. Like, I, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's like a part of town I used to work in. So I drive through there sometime and I'm just like, Oh, Hey, I remember that restaurant, but I don't, I don't really stop. You're not in a bunch of communities there. <laughs> no. Um, especially since they changed sort of the format there was a, and I did like a big culling of my people I was following right around that time. So my stream is very boring now. Um, and I, I have historically been, uh, really hands off with Facebook 
So I have a Facebook account, but I just have all my notifications turned up. So if someone wants me, they can get me through that platform, but I do not, I don't Facebook. Yeah. And then other stuff like Instagram and, and I don't know, like Nuzzle and like other, I don't know. <laughs> Ello? You, you gone back to Ello? <laughs> no. <laughs> forgot all about that one. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't social media good. So it made me wonder like, am I by using third party clients and trying to trick Facebook into like having an account, but not having an account, like is part of the reason I'm not getting anything out of these things because of the way I am trying to tell them to work instead of <laughs> working the way they're designed. Right. So, uh, I went back to the native Twitter client, which I have a whole set of complaints about. <laughs> <laughs> and I've started actually checking Facebook again and like posting things, which is weird. <laughs> um, it's weird to see you. <laughs> well, and it's been so long since I used Facebook regularly that I, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, like I went to the part of town where that restaurant used to be. And in the interim, they bulldozed it and built a different restaurant. So I'm like, well, it's still a building that sells food in the same <laughs> place, but it's like really different. And, uh, like Google plus, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, but I'm not really making an effort there. Like I want to, but I don't really see the benefit. Um, but the, then the weird like place for me that I'm trying to make a little bit more of an effort is, uh, Instagram. Cause like some of my friends and, and coworkers are actually like decent photographers. Like they take photographs of interesting things. Um, so I follow them on Instagram and I'm, I'm trying to like interact a little bit. So before we get into the nitty gritty, like, what do you think about this? Am I making way too much of this whole thing? <laughs> Well, what is it, what about, like, what makes you wonder that you're doing it wrong, that you just don't like them or? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What makes me wonder is I feel like there are opportunities for deeper engagement that I'm not getting because of this, like, kind of superficial, like, gloves on, arm's length. It's like, oh, social media. Oh, since you won't stop worrying and learn to love what they are, like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like you're never gonna get likes on Instagram if you don't post photos. You're never gonna have a deep well, discussion. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You're never gonna have a deep discussion on Facebook if you don't post something. And then you miss you miss a hundred percent of the likes you don't post <laughs> for <laughs> the Wayne Gretzky social media quote. Oh man, I, I need to stop here and put that into the titles tab of our show notes. Um, um, well, I, a few comments for me. I mean, I would say Twitter and Facebook, and I, maybe some of the other ones too, are well past the stage of being desperate to please you with their user <laughs> interface. Now their 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 stance is don't do anything that causes a mass exodus and. Aside from that, they probably don't care. Um, all their efforts are into their advertising product and, and how they can really marshal data about you to sell to advertisers indirectly. And, and I'm not making that as like a <laughs> four know. horsemen kind of thing, but <laughs> three, that is their business. Tops. That's why they post profits all the time. It's because they're good at doing that and that's what they invest in. And so I, I feel you like, I, I post actively to Twitter and Facebook, not really Google Plus ever anymore. <laughs> and Instagram, when I think I have something to share, it's been a few weeks now since I've done anything there. But um, but then I kind of just don't worry about it. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I want to talk about each of these platforms just maybe briefly, but I, I want to like separate them out. So 
Twitter for me, um, I went back to the native client. I'm still not using moments. They can go to hell. But <laughs> I went back to the native client and I hate to admit it, but now that the star is a heart and I am signifying my like agreement or approval with a tweet <laughs> instead of like praising it with a star medal, like I'm liking things <laughs> like I am. I am hitting like, I like this tweet because it does communicate a different message. I'm not saying it's necessarily better or worse, but like I never starred things because I never agreed with the message. I felt that that was communicating. <laughs> well, the star was useful for like, good job, buddy. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not going to reply. <laughs> like, I think people still use the like that way is like, I want to acknowledge I received your reply, but I'm don't have anything more to contribute. And I think that's exactly what they intended with the star, but almost everyone I knew who used stars heavily used them as fake bookmarks. Yeah. And They're, then got really angry when they, <laughs> yeah. And then they would un unstar stuff when they had read it or looked at it or whatever. Well, that's what star means in a lot of software. It's like, uh, especially I mean, Gmail, yeah, Gmail, we're all conditioned to that exact thing. But I, I'm more comfortable saying like, yeah, I like this. I, I like the thing you <laughs> tweeted. Good quote. Um, the thing I am not happy about with the the Twitter native client, aside from all of the things that are wrong with it, is since the last time I used it, they've now started putting like recommended tweets into the the conversation view, at least on Android. So, yeah, they did that on iOS too. Yeah, I'm so, so like angry. You, you tweet and then I hit the reply button and then it brings up the conversation and below is like you might also want to check out this tweet and. At first, I was just like, oh, man, that's really obnoxious. And now I'm irritated because they're in no way related. Yeah. It's, it, just, it's just like a brash, promoted, yeah, sponsored. You know, some NBA was like, we're, there's some corner of this app where we can shove another ad. It's like, oh, yeah, people tap to see the conversation about a tweet. Well, we're just going to throw something in their face there. It's, I, I imagine in the, the 40s and 50s and 60s, these people must have been driving down the highway and been like, look at all that hideous sky. How that can, beautiful mountain range. What if we could block it with a billboard? <laughs> what, if, what if we can have an ad that just floated in front of people every time they drove down this highway? It's like, I've got it. Promote that, man. Especially for driving where people kill people <laughs> when they're distracted. Why do we allow billboards? Yeah. God. And now while you're tweeting and driving, you're seeing more billboards. <laughs> so it's great. But th this is this has been my change with Twitter is I'm I'm really down on the little buggy things. And when I say little buggy things, I mean, like, if I click out to a link and then I go back to Twitter, it's like, oh, hey, were you at the top of your timeline? Uh, I'm a server. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't. You know exactly where I freaking was in my timeline. Don't do this. And this is actually something I, I forgot to put in the, the show notes to remind myself. But I just reminded myself uh, one of the things I do Twitter wrong is uh i'm a completionist like it give up man <laughs> well the way i mean you're right you're <laughs> totally right the, the way i have made being a completionist not wreck my life is that i only follow a relatively small number of people and if you actually went through and scrutinized my followers you would see that some of them are friends from college who do not use their twitter accounts yeah. so they're actually not contributing to my feed in any way but 
Oh man, it's it's I'm I'm I've gotten better over time about FOMO, but for some reason <laughs> I'm just like gotta read them all, Pokemon. <laughs> like I just can't. So have you encountered the like? So the, either there's an ad or there's the while you are away section or something. Oh, I and hate I, that. I I tap the X, and instead of just going away like it should, it'll pop up and be like, "Did you like this?" And I'm like, "No, I click <laughs> the X. I want you gone as soon as possible." Yeah, it does the same thing with the uh, the recommended people, which I think I actually tweeted about this is. There's someone that I know through mutual friends that is constantly being recommended for me to follow. And I just want to tell Twitter, I don't want to follow them ever. Like that person tweets a lot of stuff I don't want to read. I don't want to block them. I'm okay having interactions with them. But I don't, I'm never, ever, ever, ever (laughs) going to follow this person. Like, please let me just tell you to stop recommending them that seems like a fairly trivial in fact just don't recommend things to me yeah maybe just (laughs) let me decide but i mean recommendations are really just algorithmic ads right yeah it's just here's a recommended tweet that we think you want to see because you you know Uh, i hate follow the sony account or whatever I had to turn off so many things, and finally I was able to do it on my main account. There, I kept getting an API error when I tried to change my settings on Twitter. That's cool. And <laughs> With the official like, app? For like over a year, yeah, official <laughs> app. Um, and so I would just turn off all notifications because it would send me, it'd just be like, Justin and random other person are talking about the Cleveland Indians. And I'm like, oh. no, don't care. <laughs> yeah, they, they started that nonsense when I was on the official Twitter client the last time, you know, like a year ago now and i fortunately it worked on android but the first time i saw that where it was like a bunch of other because it looks like a normal notification and it's like oh a bunch of other people liked this and i'm like but i didn't tweet that i don't give a crap yeah that's that's not what we're doing that's not what i'm here for the list of things i want you to show me are the tweets of the people i'm following and nothing else Uh, okay so that was twitter um so i mean you're you're in a world (laughs) that there's the motivations of the platform owners is not aligned with it's not just what you personally want it's not so much what users want it's just don't scare them off don't piss them off but other than that just be so big and important and in charge that people have to use you what do they call it every time somebody talks about quitting facebook i think they call it the network effect like, it's not that no one has ever made better software than Facebook. It's just everyone's <laughs> already there. So there's yeah. your network is there. So to yeah, move, you have to bring all of them with you. Well, there was some article about how Facebook, they're in trouble for doing testing on their users again, uh, non-consensual testing. But they were basically, they were, it wasn't just that they were like putting sad things into the feed, but they were like strategically breaking Facebook for certain users. They were strategically breaking the Android app to see how badly they could break it before people stopped going. And, and it, it turned a very out sad never. answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It turned out the answer was never because people would just go to use the mobile website. And then if the mobile website sucked, they would just wait till they got to their desk and use their So laptop. how drunk with power does that make you if you're Facebook when you're like, we can do, there's almost nothing we can do to make people stop using us. So what's off the table in terms of finding profit centers that are negative to the user experience? Yeah. I mean, at, at that point, I mean, 
I'll say in Facebook's defense, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of platforms did stuff like that. Just like we need a way to gauge loyalty and how many hoops will someone jump through to use our service is a really good indicator. Like if you can clandestinely collect that information, yeah. you now have something really valuable to turn and sell to advertisers. Like, look, we we put a, a pop up that said they had to punch themselves in the face <laughs> and and ninety five percent of people did it. Like advertisers are gonna be like, Yes, we we want to advertise with you. Uh well, continuing this topic of media is uh, this article I found by Dave Weiner uh, about it's it's called Anywhere But Media. Oh, and oh he, wait, I I do have to say something positive about Facebook before we shift gears. Whoa, I, yes, <laughs> I know. So it like I said, it's, it's ugly been, as hell. Is that the positive thing? No, this, this is a legit compliment. So it's been a really long time since I used Facebook in like a serious capacity. Um, I'm still not using the official app. I'm just using the mobile site because I do not want their battery, battery draining you. nonsense. <laughs> exactly right. I do not want that nonsense on my phone. And the mobile website is 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 tolerably it's fine. fine. It's fine. Um, but somewhere in the last like literally two or three years since I kind of phased myself out of Facebook is uh, they added the ability to unfollow someone without defriending them. Yeah. And man... In the arena of Facebook, that is crucial functionality. How much drama avoided with that? Well, in like, I mean, I've only been back at it for a couple of weeks and I've already unfollowed like a half a dozen people because <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, this is someone I went to high school with. They're really posting a lot of positive gun rights and pro-Trump stuff. I don't really need to see any of this ever again. And then I was going to like hide, you know, you could you used to be able to like hide this person forever, but they knew they were hidden. And now you can just like unfollow them, and but you're still friends. Yeah, so it's just they can like, still message you. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I want. Is a way to tell the computer I never want to hear what this idiot has to say. <laughs> like if they reach out to me directly, then presumably they know their audience. But when somebody sits down to Facebook and they're just like, Trump 2016, it's like, yeah, they're not targeting that at me because they would know better. We would not have that conversation one-on-one so that actually got a big thumbs up for me like that made the idea of using facebook a lot more tolerable i was like oh that you know everybody has the racist second cousin or the 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 bigoted aunt or whatever and it's like well i just i don't want to hear this from them because then i'll be tempted to respond and then my blood pressure will go up and i'll be sad all the time (laughs) so it's like it's easier i don't i don't think people should just ignore the parts of the world they don't like uh but this feels like a good exception it's okay to ignore this yeah now we can talk about medium all right, so this was a, a Dave Weiner article, and he, he was just telling a story that his friend posted a really amazing, interesting comment about politics that doesn't really matter to the story. Um, and he wanted to reference it on his link blog. And uh, he, he really cares about when I link to something, I want that thing to be there years from now. I want it to be a stable link. Kind of the foundation of the internet is that links happen, but one of the things that's true about links is usually within a year they're broken and they don't work anymore. Especially if you um, use a shortener. 
And uh, one of the things that this guy's friend did was immediately said, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll make like an actual blog post of this because you don't want to link to Facebook because, you know, the different following friend settings, you never know who can actually see a certain post or a comment. Um, And so the friend went and created a Medium account and posted this post on Medium. And that kind of just sparked a a second wave of reaction from Dave Weiner that... uh, please take it anywhere but Medium. <laughs> and uh, he kind of lists a, a long list of complaints about Medium as like, why is this taking over writing? Why do people post here? Um, they're just a startup in Silicon Valley. They could pivot any week and suddenly they don't care about writing and all your writing goes away. Or, um, you know, all sorts of things can happen when you invest in a proprietary platform. And even though I use lots of proprietary platforms, they are less risky than arguably something like Medium could be. And uh, I, I thought it was a great topic in relation to the social media stuff. Like, you know, you use Facebook and Twitter, but you're not posting like your personal, like, here's what I made and I'm letting it live only <laughs> on these platforms. No. But for some writers, that's kind of like they're, they're throwing their stuff on Medium and um, maybe it's cool right now, but in two years, where is that going to be? Well, and I, this article brought up a good argument that I hadn't considered specifically with regards to Medium because he says right in the article, like, oh, God, can't you just please put it on like Tumblr or WordPress.com or like any other yeah. free thing? And when I got to that, it's like right in the first or second paragraph. When I got to that part, I was like, what? How is he going to back up this argument? But his point is on top of, you know, medium can just delete all your stuff. There's no focus on the promise of longevity. Um, you don't have like a space, you know, like if you create a Tumblr account or WordPress.com account or blogger account or whatever, like that's yours and you more or less control it. But with medium, it's more like you're flipping through a magazine that you submitted an article to. And at the bottom and top of every medium post, it refers you to other posts you might like, or that are popular on medium. So if I get to the joke I made to you before the we started recording was like, I get to the bottom of your amazing post about, you know, this new uh, album you're getting ready to release. And then there's this really popular post right now because it's highly controversial that someone wrote on Medium about how they agree with Hitler. And it's like, now that Hitler link is at the bottom of your post and there's <laughs> yeah. nothing you can do about that. And there's no clear delineation that you feel separate from them, right? Like on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus or whatever, like it's obvious like, oh, this is Mike's post. This is pro Hitler guy post and they are different things. But on Medium, it all feels like it's just part of Medium and I'm part of Medium and you're part of Medium and Hitler guy is part of Medium. And I don't want to be with Hitler guy. (laughs) Yeah, Like that's even, you know, WordPress.com still is like, well, this is my part of WordPress.com. I'm, and you I'm can Bob. export it and set up your WordPress.org site and port everything 100% over. So you at least have that too. Does Medium have no export? It's it's really an ingestion machine. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, he makes a good point that like we have other platforms like Twitter, which we use because we have to because there's just no alternative now. <laughs> like the the whole microblogging category, no one's using Plurk anymore. Or I don't remember any of the other ones that were Plurk. around early on. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Plurk account in like 07 or 08 or something. Um, that one did not survive. Um, or, you know, even SoundCloud is, you know, I wouldn't say it's like at the position of Twitter or Facebook, but it's kind of creeping on that, like, if you're sharing audio, you probably put it on SoundCloud kind of thing. And uh, it, it, it kind of his plea is like, 
don't give everything over to some company. Like we can have basic media types that work well and we should encourage diversity in the platforms that host those basic media. And he sees medium as an especially annoying one because writing is like the most basic, cheapest kind of thing you can do on the web. You could argue, well, videos kind of, you know, it's big files. No one wants to pay for that hosting, you know, music to a lesser degree, but it's still bigger files. You could package up my entire years of blogging into a zip file that is like, like, would fit on any floppy disk. Like this <laughs> text is so cheap. I, well, mean, I think he says something like uh, the entirety of an average blog is smaller than the the JPEG at the top of this post. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's absolutely right. It's like one reasonably HD, re, you know, photorealistic JPEG as a banner image is like, well, you just septupled the size of this blog you know, just by having like a, a sexy art image at the top. And I I hate to, to make the techie argument of like, well, text is small, but no, seriously, text is that small. Like it is an afterthought. It's a complete joke. And if you like mediums look, well, style sheets are also pretty damn small. So <laughs> well, and, and, and mediums look is white with text <laughs> like it's not you can't yeah, really centered uh, paragraph centered justified paragraph yeah and i think you had mentioned the the like paragraph by cur- paragraph or line by line like highlighting and commenting system but again that's not i mean that is one weekend project away for probably even a mediocre developer right yeah the, i'm sure there's medium style comments on wordpress like there's probably a plugin for it already um, I'm sure Ghost will add it if they don't have it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and this is... It's a feature, not a platform. It is a feature. But I, I just... I never had thought about uh, Medium in this specific way of being... Um, you're just... Your content is just part of the, the stream of content and you are supported if you're lucky, you're not if you aren't. There's no guarantee that you're going to be treated equally... And he he raises a couple of things that are they're a little conspiracy theorist about like oh well if you're criticizing medium medium is never going to recommend a post criticizing medium, and although he's probably right, it it speaks more to 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 me less about the conspiracy theory and more to well you don't really control where this is being displayed you're just vomiting your content into medium and then hoping that yeah. the medium gods are nice to you. Yeah, and I mean, his point was also not just that Medium might not promote stuff that's critical of them, but that users kind of feel, well, I'm best served if I'm more positive about Medium than negative. And so people, before any conspiracy comes in, people are just less likely to criticize it. Yeah, and he, he admits, honestly, I'll give him credit, that he syndicates his blog posts to Medium with RSS, but... I noticed uh, when I do read stuff on Medium, especially from established writers or from people who really want to control their their image uh, on the internets, at the end of the post, it always says, like, this was originally posted on my blog. Click here to go to my blog. Yeah. Like, And that's that's enough to signify to the reader, like, I put this here because I was hoping you would find it, not because this is where I live. If you, if you want to yeah. definitely find more of me... I'm I this is where I live over here on this blog or on this other platform or whatever. And I mean if Medium has that command of readers that you really have to go to them to find readers, fine, do that, but if they don't have that yet, why give them that? 
Yeah, right. They're new <laughs> enough that we can still decide not to do that. Yeah. And I'm trying to see if I can find, let's see, was is the guy who started Dig, was that Kevin Marks? Uh, Kevin Rose. Ooh, Kevin Rose. That's it. Kevin Marks is the indie web guy, I think. Charlie Rose? No. Yeah, Charlie Rose. <laughs> I had no idea that Black Mirror was written by Charlie Booker. Yeah. That explains why I love it so much, because I love yeah. his stuff. <laughs> let's see. So at, at, when Google Plus was new, let's see. Kevin Rose, Google Plus blog. He completely like shut, and he may even still be doing this. He had completely shut down his blog and redirected like kevinrose.com to Google Plus, which... Is he still like that decision? Well, it, this is what I feel like is... It's a little bit like using uh, WordPress.com or, or whatever because you, it's your carved out space, right? It's not quite as bad as using Medium, but he's like famous and rich and can get away with experiments like that. But if you're trying to make yourself as a writer, do you want to give all of your content to Medium just praying that in exchange they will send you readers? Like if you're trying to establish yourself as a writer, is that toll worth paying? Some people would definitely say yes. I mean, Medium is is grown quite a bit. CEO of Hod Hodinkey Hod, Hod <laughs> He started some new venture. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, other than liking some of the the features of how Medium looks and works, um, I don't really feel any motive. Like we're both on the the like, well, I have my own website kind of bandwagon. Not that like I'm writing regularly or trying to draw millions of reader audience or something. But um, yeah, I just thought it fit in with like, why do you use these platforms? Well, Twitter and Facebook because of the network effect or because you want to interact with other people that are already there. And Medium's more of a question mark to me. Like, I don't see a reason I should use it. Well, and I think we have now started to get to the audience question, which is, uh, maybe for a writer who's like, I don't care where the audience comes from. I need to find eyeballs and get their, those eyeballs looking at my words. No matter how many pro-Hitler articles are to the left and right of my article, I need <laughs> you know, those eyeballs on my cooking article or whatever. And then eventually I'll develop a following and then I can leave and they'll come with me, right? And it's yeah. like not to destroy the platform, but it's like, eventually, you know, my apostles will be loyal enough that they'll go wherever I am instead of me having to go find them. Whereas for, for someone like, you know, myself or you, I think we, it's a higher priority to carve out the space than it is to build an audience. Like you want to know that if somebody's looking for your portfolio, they're going to find only your portfolio stuff, right? It's not like while I'm browsing pseudomichael.com, I'm going to be like, oh, here's artwork from some other artist or music from some other. <laughs> random oh, it kind of looks better. Maybe I won't <laughs> yeah. hire this guy. I'm going to go hire this other person. Thanks. Random <laughs> images that showed up on someone else's website. <laughs> yeah, that that's just not um, a thing, right? So it's like, I guess what you want to get out of it is is important, but it sounds like his main complaint is really that people uh, don't ever ask that question. They're just well, like, there, new there's perfect, perfectly great alternatives for putting words on the internet. And so I think that's part of his like, just use an open thing. They're, they're like, there's tons of good ones. Like, why do we have to give this away to a, a startup in Silicon Valley? 
and I, I understand that feeling, even if he, he's occasionally a little hyper, hyperbolic. Uh, can I say that word? Um, Apparently not. About like what he fears will happen. But Yeah, I mean, we, when it comes to video and sound and image hosting and text and everything, like everybody is always afraid of silos and they always seem to get a foothold, but we never quite make it to the Orwellian future that people are afraid of. And I mean, I'm not saying like we should totally just relax. Internet and, Explorer 8, man. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think we should just rest on our laurels and trust the corporations. But at the same time, it's it's not all doom and gloom. But maybe we need yeah. the doom and gloom talk is because there's so much hype about like medium is the future of writing. It's like so yeah. we need some, you know, some people to balance it out by being like medium will kill writing. <laughs> Do we? Um, I think it, it is a call to like, well, there are good open options and WordPress is wonderful and it's still around and, and still being actively made. But we, we do, we like clearly there's work to be done if people find a medium that much easier to just fire words at. Like maybe, you know, the, the open source crowd has to work that much harder to make their thing viable to regular people. Yeah. And I mean, the there's a couple of shows I listen to that have... Kevin Marks, the guy I was thinking of at first, uh, on regularly, and he's part of that indie web movement, and and known is now like a big product in the indie web because it's trying to solve these social problems of like, and I mean like social media, like linking to other people's stuff and and likes and hearts and retweet share blogs, and and it's trying to solve all those problems in a platform agnostic way, which is a real technological hurdle. Right. Like Twitter works because Twitter is designed to be Twitter and Facebook works because Facebook is designed to be Facebook. Nothing Facebook's harder than Facebook hards. You know, it's like, (laughs) but could something do what Facebook is trying to do better and be completely unsiloed, totally green fields, no fences, no walls? Like that's when the technology becomes problematic because you have you don't know where the servers are. You don't control anything that's happening. And you're trying to build a layer of socialness. I mean, it's app.net, right? Like you're trying to build this yeah. on top of the open web. Or what was the social, the decentralized social network one? That, uh, diaspora. Yeah. Diaspora, <laughs> which everyone was like, that's going to die immediately. And then, yeah. It died. Yeah. There's uh they, were they the first like huge blowout Kickstarter? I think they were. I think they were one of the companies that actually made Kickstarter's name because they, I think they broke, they were the first one to like break a million or something. They, they had some, some like, you can still go to diasporafoundation.org and it's the most bootstrappiest of bootstrap sites I've seen in a while. Ooh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, no, it still exists and you can still do it. I guess (laughs) this is still a thing. Um, it's a very strange website. Choose a pod, sign up, join the conversation. Yeah. That's too many steps. Yeah. It's, and that's exactly what I mean is silos are <laughs> streamlined. I mean, it, this is the comparison everybody always makes with Apple versus Android, right? Or a Mac versus Linux. It's like, yeah, they're both Unix underneath, but you open a, a Mac and it just turns on. And like you, you buy a Dell with Linux pre-installed and it's like, oh, I don't have network drivers or video drivers or, and the keyboard doesn't work. (laughs) Here, edit these text files. (laughs) You can, you can set this stuff up. Yeah. So it's, it's a very different uh, value proposition. Uh, 
Shall we move on? Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about this journaling thing, and I, th- I think that'll be a nice bow on top of our our social media cake. That that metaphor holds up, right? Bows on cakes. <laughs> um, so we're talking about all this stuff with writing, and I have taken a crack at journaling. Um, I don't know, probably a dozen times in just my adult life, let alone as a kid. And not counting terrible like English class assignments where they're like, you're going to keep a journal for the semester. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I found uh, this application called Journey, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes. It's iOS and Android, and there's a Chrome app if you want to do it on. It's not on iOS. It's not on iOS? It's just Android and web? Yep. Really? Android and Chrome. Huh. (laughs) Things are weird. (laughs) I tried it in Chrome, but anyway, continue. So... It, the the thing that I got, it, it's a journaling app, right? It it can send you reminders if like, hey, you haven't journaled in a journal. You want to journal a little journal? And, you know, it, it does that kind of like pushy thing that, that journaling software can do. It's actually off by default, which is nice. Um, but what I cared about is not any of the cool, like it, it auto dates it and it, it logs the weather and the time. <laughs> and like that stuff is neat, but that's not really what I care about. What I care about is the barrier between me and getting my thoughts vomited into this text box is super low. Um, yeah. it, it takes markdown. If you want to attach an image, you can only attach one. So you can't have a post where you're like, Oh, I'm going to attach these 10 images. Like, no, you get one. Yeah. So, what you want is a photo library. That's over <laughs> yeah, there. That's something <laughs> different. So the, the thing that I find so attractive about this is it's basically Twitter. If you, knew no one was ever going to see it and you can get your data out because it's just markdown text so it's super easy to export um it's it's it can be like password protected and it's you know for me it's behind a fingerprint lock because i have it on android and it's just it's um a place where you can just like vomit short thoughts like you're not expected to write six pages you know It, it also lives in your google drive right yes it does yeah that's the syncing engine they use but yeah, you're you're not expected to to uh, sit down. It's not like oh, you wake up in the morning and before the sun rises, you got to write your six pages, or you know, before you go to bed, you got to write your thousand words. Like it's not like that. Like I was I was traveling the other day and I just had a lot of downtime, so I wrote like twenty super short posts, and then um, I I wanted to write something about my daughter that was like a little bit longer, so I wrote like five or six paragraphs. But it's like I don't both of those feel okay. Like the interface affords both of those kinds of writing where I would never open a, and this is just me being stupid, right? But I would never open a paper journal and write a sentence and then write down the time and what the weather is like and yeah. tape a photo in there. Like that's not a thing I would do. Are you dictating entries from your watch or anything like that? I haven't done any <laughs> Android wear stuff. I know they have some kind of Android wear integration i haven't done that and i haven't done just like text to speech to the phone um but i could right like it's yeah it's it's simple it's a text entry box yeah yeah the keyboard doesn't care where the text is going but i just i feel like this uh i'm I'm not gonna stick with this forever i mean let's just be realistic like i'll eventually flame out on this Uh, but at least it's exportable it's exportable it's really really low maintenance uh low barrier to entry um and i like uh the 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 tw- the tweet style because I mean how often are you like I want to 
tweet this or post it to Facebook, but I, I maybe probably shouldn't. <laughs> like maybe just no. And and for me, and I don't mean like you want to complain about work or whatever, but like I so I don't think I've explicitly said this. Like I missed the show a couple weeks ago because I had another kid. So yay, I have another daughter, yeah. and you know we're very happy. And I don't want to share a ton of crap about my kids on social media, like. I think it's annoying in at the best case scenario and it's like creepy at the worst case scenario. So like I was sitting in the living room and, and we were playing and my daughter was doing something cute and you could see the newborn in the background and then you could see my older daughter in the foreground and I took a picture and I opened journey and I just said like a couple sentences about how I was feeling and it like it logged the date and the time and the weather and, and the picture was at the top and I was like this this is what yeah. most people post to Facebook, but I don't want to put this crap on Facebook. But I still want the experience of like writing it down, even if I never look at it again. So this is like yeah. I I'm I've been doing it now for a couple of weeks. Like I cannot recommend this enough. I actually I'm kind of bummed they don't have an iOS app because the the web client <laughs> and the Chrome client work perfectly well, but that's not you want to be able to do this from mobile. Yeah. I mean, another app I've tried and I, it's not because the app was bad. I just kind of stopped journaling for a <laughs> while, but uh, day one is one that syncs through Dropbox. I don't, I don't know if they have an Android app, but even there they've started to get this weird itch. Like um, every software platform bloats until it's got something you don't need, but <laughs> usually it's messaging. But um uh, they they started this separate thing where like sign up for a day one account and publish your journal on the web. Oh uh, no! And nope. I'm like, nope. no, that's not what this is for. Blogs are a thing for that, and this is for a journal. And you can turn it off or refuse it. But I'm like, this is not a good sign. They're like seeking this different development channel that's not what I care about. Well, and so I don't know. Uh, day one does not appear to have an Android app, but they. Uh if they're doing everything where they're like, we run the servers and we do all the stuff for you. This is where I think journey has taken a good tack with this. Um, one, the app costs money. So I paid money for it, right? It's, it's beautiful. It is highly functional. I am happy to give their developers money, but they are using Google drive as the storage backend, which means their costs are mostly going into paying developers to develop the interface and a little bit of, you know, connective glue, but they don't have to have a server farm for all this stuff to live in because yeah. Google is providing the server farm. And day one's Dropbox for that. But if they still have to, if they're trying to like drive more engagement with like a That's publishing true. engine, doing... now they have to have a, this publishing platform because Dropbox will cut that off. So that means they must yeah. be syndicating this stuff somewhere else. It's like that. That's true. I never tried it because I was like, this is my journal. <laughs> this is not for the open this web. This is not live journal. I am not live journaling. Thank you very much. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, I, I'm, I hope they don't screw this up. I don't know how old this, this piece of software is, but I'm, I'm very happy with it basically exactly as it is. Like just fix bugs if you find bugs. Um, otherwise, pretty much leave it, yeah. leave it the hell alone. You, did you look into it all like some like I don't know Git repo approach to like keeping a journal or or something? Um, no, I mean because then it's like, well, am I really going to get a private repo? Or if it's public, then I might as well just post it to Twitter. Yeah, and that's the thing is I want 
privacy, but I like that Journey supports... We want the convenience of every device. Like yes. You can log it from anywhere. But I also want the... I don't want to feel like I have to write a giant substantive article like here was my day or here's a deep dive into exactly how I'm feeling. Like sometimes I just want to say like, you know, here's my kid being cute and that's like the end, but I really don't want to share every cute picture of my kid on social media. Like I want, I I don't know. I'm sure there's some crazy psychology in it, but like I want the experience of logging that thing, not for future reference, not so other people can see it. I literally want the experience of logging it. And like, that's what I think journaling, like why journaling always used to fail for me is because I was treating it as reference for the future. And that's, I don't, I don't think that's the actual benefit of writing in a diary. (laughs) So you, you gave up on day one. You're, do you use any, anything now? Uh, I still have a bunch of entries in day one. And when I get the next urge to journal, I either use it again or port all that stuff out to something else. So do you you tend to lean toward digital stuff? Because I've tried physical and those fizzle so fast. It yeah. is just not even funny. Yeah, I have some handwritten journals around, but the only ones I've ever finished were like back in junior high or maybe high school. <laughs> but I've I've never been able to get through a whole journal writing by hand because I just it's never with me when I want to write or um whatever. Um so yeah, I I, I use digital tools. See, and that even just in that description, you're like you just made my skin crawl a little bit because it's like you're supposed to finish them. Like that's like, <laughs> ugh, like why? Like what if I just? Well, I didn't mean to say that. It was just the the only ones I ever kept with enough to finish an actual book. Oh no, but that's exactly what I mean. Is like you because it has a defined ending, right? There's a hundred pages, or there's fifty pages, or whatever. You know, like you you feel very boxed in. I don't, there's nothing special about the journey interface. It is a text box. And yet for some reason, I feel like I could write a single sentence or I could write a million. I actually, I literally wrote one the other day that was uh, a single word. Someone had done a thing I was not happy with. I captured a screenshot of it. That screen, that <laughs> screenshot is the banner at the top of the post. And my post just says, "ugh," <laughs> and I was just like, I wouldn't do that in, a physical diary or even like a, uh, you know, like a longer form. Yeah. Like if I had a private medium or a private WordPress, I wouldn't have posted a one word UG with a screenshot, Ugh. but something yeah. about this, I was just like, yeah, this is size appropriate. Well, I could see in a physical journal, you could just write one line and be like, that's it for today. Oh no, there, there but, there's no technological or physiological limitation. This is all some crazy mental <laughs> barrier that I cannot explain. And also I don't see the benefit in rectifying. I think I've, I think every time I've approached journaling, I'm like, I have to do it the official way. And then I hate the official way. It's kind of like how I'm feeling about the Twitter app right now. (laughs) I'm trying to use it the right way. If you want those sweet, sweet (laughs) notifications, those Uh, mentions that aren't just direct mentions. Yeah. That's the fact that that always has to be like six different tabs in every third party client. It's like, well, here's replies and here's mentions and here's notifications and here's activity. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) put these all in one place. (laughs) All right. I think I said all I had to say. You want to take us out? Yeah, let's do it. 
So thank you so much for listening to episode 103 of Flipping Tables. Uh, you can find show notes with links links to these articles <laughs> if I can learn how to talk. <laughs> um, you can head to sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 103 and uh, you'll get those links. And while you're there, you should uh, subscribe if you're not already um, using a podcatcher such as overcast.fm or Pocket Casts or uh, is, is that the only two that really matter? It's the only ones that matter to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there's, there's a lot of podcast apps and then you can use our RSS button to subscribe. And uh, me and David love feedback. We're both on Twitter all the time. Uh, you can find me at pseudo Michael, S-U-D-O Michael and Lions, you are... At- at Lions in Beta. And uh, you can support us directly on Patreon. We have a, a, a campaign going, uh, patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And pledging dollars to us will get you a, a credit on our website, or depending on the level, you might even be mentioned on Flipping Tables or all of the Sunrise Robot shows. And with that, we want to give special thanks to Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, Daily Pages Cunningham, and Carolyn Kraut, and Cliff Lyons. It's nice to have a sizable list. Uh, we love our supporters so much thank so, you guys so much. so much it is the list is getting huge it makes me giddy every time yeah <laughs> so we'll see you all uh actually uh this this uh <laughs> next week we have a live stream happening um in addition to another episode as normal so definitely check that out see you next week <laughs>